All right, let's try again. Cool. Uh, this, uh, get this test out of the way. Yeah, let's do it. A lot of Chinese on the walls for some reason. That's racist. To have. I actually remember like there was a there was a little people up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was a, a little kid, like I think I think well, actually it might have been junior high, but it might have been elementary. There was a Chinese guy who uh, was teaching my mom's elementary class, like calligraphy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he wrote my name actually in oh. calligraphy, which is really cool. I wish I I wish I knew where that where it was, but he also did that. So that's why yeah, that's I always why. found. You know, Chinese, Vietnamese, all that kind of writing really interesting to look at. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really cool. Like, it's very intricate. It's, like, because, especially because it's so, like, completely different than what oh, we yeah. understand. I wonder, I wonder what my name would look like as, like, a, as in that in that context. Yeah. I mean, I know, ja- I, I know Japanese has, like, a system for it where you have, they have the um, katakana characters, where it's, mm. which is what you use for foreign words. So they just take the sounds of your name mm. and put the corresponding like corresponding letters to that make yeah. that sound. Yeah. So, but like it's a little weird because like for for Stefan for my name they don't have just the s sound. It mm. always has like a vowel sound after it. So you have to it's if you were to spell it out it would be S U T E F A N. So Stefan. Stefan. Yeah. Something like that. And the so sometimes it's anime bit. too. Like the way they pronounce things. Like uh, oh yeah, like like a uh, Sasuke. Sasuke? Yeah, yeah. The, a, lot of, a, lot of t- a lot of times the U is very, is, is very silent. You're watching Naruto, you fucking nerd. I say that like I didn't like spend a solid chunk of yesterday catching up on my hero. <laughs> 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 Don't worry about that. It's oh. always like that. As long as you don't like do like boom, drastic movements. <laughs> uh, scooch a little closer. A little bit more. There you go. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh god. Okay. Hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome to Sequel to K. We're we're back yet again. And once again, we have not... I feel like we should change the name of our show. <laughs> we do it so often. It should be a, either another... Like, something called something else, or another segment. Yeah, like... Because, like, fuck. Once again, Sequel Decay is not doing sequel. <laughs> yeah, no. This, this is, like... I mean, I don't know if this is coming out after the Majora's Mask episode. I, it is coming out after the Majora's yeah, is, Mask yeah. episode. But, like, I guess Majora's Mask counts as a sequel. In, but in, like, in, like, in terms of the like, games, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sequel, nothing, but. nothing in the title says it has to be about movies. It's true, yeah, this is true, yeah. So that, so that's you what know, I'm. You know, you know, this is you know what Puzzleville is a sequel, a sequel to my Saturday. Yeah, because we watched it on a Sunday. <laughs> so what was the last? What, what was the last franchise we did? I'm actually curious. What was it? Was it it? Technically, cats. Because but even then, we even didn't. okay, but like that's like that's more of a remake than a sequel. Star Wars, then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Star Wars. Oh yeah. God, really? Yeah. It's been, it's been a, it's, it's been, been a while. It's been, been a it's been a minute, but we're back straight out of my mother's basement. Um, mm-hmm. and my dad. 
We, I guess we change it, locations just, every day, every time we record, just to see if you guys yeah, can catch on. We are, we're we actually are. like wandering nomads. Like <laughs> we're constantly just looking for not necessarily shelter, but a place to report our, record our podcast. That's backpacking, the, that's, backpacking through Eastern Europe, going to a bunch of hostels. That, like. that that's the future. It's like not not so much like roaming travelers or like college kids out to see the world, but like roaming podcasters <laughs> just looking for a place where they could install insulation. So they coming can to a town near. <laughs> oh man just like it, uh, <laughs> I just show up at like some poor some family's like house like with like hair that's already <laughs> twice as long as it is right now and like a beard that's like, pretty good. long already it's pretty like, long but like twice as long as this and I just go up and say like please I need somewhere to record about the secret Marxist undertones behind Tom and Jerry <laughs> and <laughs> then yeah, and that's how basically how I'll make my coin. Yeah, exactly. peddling podcasts. So, yes, like we like we suggested this week, we are we are once again asking for your patience as we do not talk about a sequel. I hate those that mean. I, I think this is like <laughs> I love it so much. I hate it so much. Oh, it's so annoying. Give me that Bernie content. <laughs> I'm once again asking for more memes like this. <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna call this. If we're gonna call this like a bonus episode, or if we're gonna call it like a regular episode, because like we called Parasite just a regular episode and that's definitely I feel like not at this point if people have been listening enough to know that we it's called sequel decay but we just do whatever the fuck we, we want yeah anyway. like, okay all right <laughs> we're at sequel decay we say <laughs> we say fuck the public <laughs> i feel like we might need to start a rebranding strategy sometimes well <laughs> i think it's too late now we already have that established base of like 13 people yep <laughs> so yep. I, I think i think there's no going back from this we're up, we're up to 13 from six <laughs> that's good that's nice. good i like that as upward momentum we might get to <laughs> we might get to a million subscribers by 3018 <laughs> don't forget to smash that like button i hate myself already yeah oh What's the clickbaitiest title we can put for this episode? Um, <laughs> Race Weatherspoon fucks Paul Walker. <laughs> you know that actually might 2020. work. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Like, there's just enough gross implications that, yeah. like, that's just eye catching for that internet crazy kind of click hacky click happy audience. I forgot he was in this movie, man. And I'm really, I really wish we saw more of him in this movie. Yeah, that would not, not that it would add to. To the plot at all. Speaking of which, we're talking about Pleasantville. Yes, a movie that it's is not a sequel or does not have sequels and bombed at the box office. So once again, our gimmick does not make sense. But also, fuck our gimmick and fuck us a year ago for coming up with it. <laughs> we had so many plans. <laughs> oh, poor, poor naive Brandon and Stefan and Chris. Yeah, uh, like we said, like it did not do well when it first came out no, like it didn't. made about 10 million dollars under its budget Oof. and uh feels it, bad man yeah it came out in 1998 uh directed by gary ross who would um who had written big it's uh wrote and co-directed this movie and would go on to direct um hunger games and uh the new oceans 8 movie among other stuff so Pleasantville comes out in 1998, doesn't do well, and I didn't really hear about it until junior high when I first watched it. Oh, yeah. I watched it at some point around then. I don't remember the circumstances. Yeah, I think I remember watching it around the same time. My mom actually was the one who uh, introduced it. My mom is great. She's the one who, who like, kind of fostered my movie addiction. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's like, hey, 
I know a good movie from the 90s or 80s when yeah. I grew up. Watch it. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. You've, your suggestions have been okay so far. <laughs> Let's go with this. I just had Disney movies dubbed in Spanish. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> and so I watched it around then. And that was the only time I watched it until literally today, the day yep. we're recording this. Yep. But I remember in high school, uh, there was, uh, in our English class, we did film studies. Yeah, you were saying. Yeah. And uh, my class did Edward Scissorhands. Oh. Which actually does have some similarities. I'm so jealous of you. Yeah, I'm just realizing that Edward Scissorhands has some thematic similarities to this movie in terms of, like, suburbia. Although I was, Yeah, like, in terms of, like, that, like... Happy-go-lucky, carefree place. Yeah. But, like, everything's pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a darker underbelly. But... And then there's everyone hates each other. Yeah. yeah. Although I think Pleasant- <laughs> Pleasantville does a better job of, like, illustrating that theme because I think, like, Tim Burton movies get too caught up in the whimsicality. Well, I, I, I feel like if, you're, if we're comparing Edward Scissorhands and Pleasantville, Pleasantville is more focused on the people yeah. and the town itself as opposed to Edward Scissorhands focusing mainly on Edward. Yeah. And, like, his journey as opposed to the, the town. Also, like, Edward Scissorhands doesn't really touch on the politics of it no. at all, whereas Pleasantville is about, Very as, su- about as subtle as a brick through a glass window. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here, uh, folks who are listening, yeah. and there are, let me count this, <laughs> one, one, two, three, four, five points just on fascism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to have a good time. Um, so Pleasantville uh, stars Tobey Maguire... Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. Jeff Daniels, William H. Macy. Sure. I'm sure there's others who I'm forgetting right now. Paul Walker is in it for a really short amount of you time. People don't... I, I didn't really realize. This has a really, really good cast. It's a... I, I, the only person I remembered being in this movie before was I watched Maguire. it was Tobey Maguire. And I think that even that's probably only because of Spider-Man. Because he's the boy. Yeah. He this is, is, he's the Peter Parker. He's the boy. Yeah, this is pre-Spider-Man, by the way. I think... Because uh, the, the first Spider-Man came yes. out... But we yeah. saw it after we. Oh Spider-Man yeah, yeah, movie. definitely. I, th- I'm not. I didn't see any fucking Tobey Maguire. Thing. I, I, I feel like I feel like that's ten I, years of my life. I feel like that's. <laughs> I feel like that's why we also recognize just Tobey Maguire instead of everybody else because we saw Spider Man when we were really young. Oh yeah. So we idolize him as a superhero. So we remember him as. As oh, yeah. He plays Spider-Man. So when you when we saw him in this movie, we were like, oh, yeah, Toby yeah, Maguire because to- he was Spider-Man. I know to- him. Toby Maguire was a fucking rock star in my eyes oh, for he's... the longest time. Like, what is he doing now? He's not doing he's a still, lot. He's still acting. He's just not doing much. Like he's like I'm sure he's rich. Like oh, I think yeah. part of it is like people realize that like he's not that great of an actor. You know, like he did three full length Spider movies. Spider movies. Yeah, that is a hell of a paycheck. Oh no, he. I'm he sure is, he's still raking in money oh, from them for all the royalties for this even original Spider Man. So. Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, that that that'll put him. I'm sure he's like point one percent or something. I'm like sure that's seats. yeah. I'm sure that set that set him up nicely. Oh, um, what was the last thing he was in? I know there was like one movie where he played like a chess grandmaster. I I don't a remember chess what it's called. Grandmaster. Yeah, and uh, Pleasantville is. Well, I'll get into that, but Pleasantville uh, starts out. In the late 90s, where Tobey Maguire and Reese Witherspoon are two siblings who uh, live a very kind of dysfunctional family mm-hmm. life. Like, uh, I think that I think the father had died. Oh, my God. Uh, what's up? Tobey Maguire was in Boss Baby. <laughs> what? He was, he was in the Boss Baby. Really? <laughs> what did he play? <laughs> Hold on. Sorry, folks. This takes precedence. Side note. Sidebar. He played Tim? 
Who the fuck's Tim? I don't. I didn't watch the Boss Baby. Does anyone know this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, anyway, uh, their father I think is implied to have died. Their mother is having a mental breakdown. Uh, and I always thought that the father, like you're talking about, talking about like in Pleasantville, in, in Pleasantville. I'm talking, I thought I always thought that the like the mother and the father were having an argument on the phone. I I because th- I think at the end they imply that the father had died. I think the mother is arguing with her boyfriend because at the oh, end I t- I she t- says t- like, "What am I doing going to meet this guy?" I took it a completely different way. I took it as when, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure they uh, do say on the, the father had on died. the beginning. She, I thought she was on the phone with. That's the, I mean that, that's what you would think at the beginning. Yeah, well, it's but, because like, like she's supposed, she's trying to find so that her kids aren't left home alone, right? She's trying to find it so that oh, kids go with their father or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, I think she was just. It's not necessarily that the father had died; that she just a doesn't want to talk to him anymore because he probably had a bad divorce. Yeah. And b she thought she doesn't think she's worthy of going to date a younger guy who we never find out about or anything like that. Maybe, you know what? Now that I remember it, I don't think it like this specifically stated that the father died. It's possible he's just out of the picture. I'm pretty sure he's just out of the picture, but either way, like it's it, it shows that. Um, what is this? David is it? Is totally yeah, yeah. That's, that's totally who, who plays David. Shows that David's family life is very broken. Yeah, and he escapes that by going and watching Pleasantville. Watching Pleasantville. Yeah, you're right. Which is like this '50s. Uh, I don't know if you'd call it a sitcom or like a proto sitcom. I, I yeah, like I, a, I, I don't even know if I'd call it a comedy. I mean, it's supposed to be funny. It, uh, it would be funny by today's standards, but like, yeah, yeah, I guess it, so. it's it's like this very wholesome mm-hmm. show. Um, it's like it's like one of those shows that like we would look back at the '80s and watch like Full House or something and think, oh, it's so wholesome and funny mm-hmm. and just gives you that nostalgia kick, even though like it's it's kind of shitty. Well, like, but, even, uh, like yeah, yeah. Like, well, I feel like that's gonna happen with shows today. As well. Oh yeah, like, yeah, it's already happening with Friends. It's already. Ha- <laughs> I, I didn't want to say that because I know there's a lot of people who like Friends out there. I have I never mean, seen Friends. I've watched pretty much every Friends episode. I have seen. Okay, I haven't seen. I haven't not seen Friends. I've seen all of season one. Yeah. And I think most of season two, uh-huh. but other, and like a couple episodes here and there, but that's about it. Yeah. And I get so much shit for it every time. Yeah. I'm like, you have seen Friends? Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, it gives people that nostalgia kick, right? Yes. And I think that's why, th- that, that's, so when we, when we started watching Pleasantville, for this reason and another reason, but for this reason specifically, we thought like, this movie came out like 10 years too early. Oh, oh yeah. Um, Because like, David has this like, less than desirable like family life and so he escapes into it through a tv show through the pursuit of nostalgia like a nostalgia high and it's especially telling that he would pick pleasantville which is a show set in the 50s that takes has this like idealized portrait of the american family yeah it's it's the american way it's the american dream i guess is the good way to put it yeah yeah you too could have a white picket fence with your uh, your wife and your wife and your two lily white children yes and daughter yeah um and no more than that <laughs> and no more than that and yeah. they have to be the the best people in school that have been most popular yeah and and what was what the what's that medal he got halfway through or like, uh, like a like a, it was like a participation fucking medal like kind of it's like a <laughs> chamber of congress uh thing like right. oh you have to be recognized by your peers yeah. as a businessman and as an upstanding member of the community you can't make any mistakes yeah basically. exactly and be and why would you because it's perfect because yeah it's not like to is human or anything like that yeah um so for that and for another reason i thought this movie like comes out like 10 years too early because like the opening in the movie is basically teachers telling their cl- their class yeah, how like the curriculum the world is um and oh, yeah. well, so they talked about 
the stock market. Yeah. They talked about global warming. Yeah. They talked about uh, vehicle accidents. And yeah. How people are, like every statistic that we're scared about. I guess not every statistic, but like a couple of them that we're worried about today. They mentioned. Yeah. And this yeah. movie came out. 20 years ago yeah and like you and i like the first time i heard about like climate change or environmental collapse was in grade one <laughs> so like it, it's very it's very apropos today mm. to learn about that and that's i think that also contributes to this kind of malaise that we see david mm. in where like you like we're the first generation i feel at least in our part of the world uh that has or in our community in our part of the world mm-hmm. that has grown up with the knowledge of like the, the the destruction that is being done to the environment and the fact that this is going to have like real consequences. Yeah. This movie can be watched at any time. Mm-hmm. Like the issues that it presents are still relevant today. Actually, man, you don't really get many movies like that anymore. A lot of the issues that are happening are very situational or mm-hmm. around a certain event that happened in history. Yeah. Like you, can, you can't just take a movie really often and be like, okay, I can watch it this time and have it affect the same me, have me respond the same way 10 years on the line. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a good example of why you yeah. should be able to do that. Or like not to digress too much, but like mm-hmm. if you do have a movie about a specific historical or social event, they divorce it from anything going on today. <laughs> like you have a movie about, let's say a civil rights leader mm-hmm. and it's basically kind of framed as a way to make white people feel good about how far they've come mm-hmm. as opposed to showing the lasting consequences of what happened back then. So even, even in the sense of making a quote unquote political movie, they revo- they divorce it from its political context. Yeah, exactly. So the Pleasantville is, I think like it's, a la- film. It, it's great. And because it doesn't, it, it is so timely. Like it, it's not, it just gets more and more appropriate as you go further and further in the future. Even if the nineties that it does present is very like typical nineties, like yeah. very MTV, like very everything MTV. Shot, everything's shot like a music video. <laughs> um, well, it, it's <laughs> they even mention MTV. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to watch the concert on MTV tonight. Yeah. Like, so, Oh God. <laughs> Which is weird. I, we, grew, I think we grew up like right we, after the MTV craze. Like just, cause I remember watching MTV a couple of times when I was younger. That or much and music. Yeah. Or that. Yeah. Or Which much cat like Canadian MTV. It's exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's exactly what it was like MTV cribs. We had Canada homes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an actual thing. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, um, so anyway, and this is where we get to like the more fantastic mm-hmm. part of Pleasantville, but one one fateful night, uh, as David and his sister Jennifer—that's Reese Witherspoon. One thing I want to say quickly about just that era the movies in as well. When people think about the fifties, at least when I think about the fifties, and like mm-hmm. I think of those cool looking cars, yeah, that are completely made of metal and mm-hmm. not at all safe. Fifties, uh-huh. <laughs> um, like mom and pop shops, like yeah. ice cream and stuff like that, and jazz music, uh-huh. or whatever fifties, sixties music, right? Yeah, and. So I feel like that's a lot. A lot of people think about when they think about future stuff, and so this kind of goes into that state of mind of uh, how people thought back then. It's like, okay, yeah, like we idolize this time, mm-hmm. uh, this fifties time of how it's it was the epitome of the American way of life. Yeah, or like this was the best it was ever going to get with that state of mind, and uh-huh. it kind of shows that like not everybody was like this during that time. Oh no, absolutely like, not. And it's that- not like everyone was skipping around with their, you know, freshly baked cookies that you made for their, you know, betrothed and yeah. like, all that, you know, all that hippie loving yeah. stuff. And it's like, no, they were just people who yeah. want to do stuff. Yeah. It was, it was it, like, it, I, the movie even likes just like, Oh, it was, this was never even a, a real thing at all. Yeah. And I think it's smart to say that. 
of it because this was like of this is a fantasy. It's an unrealistic yes, expectation. Exactly. But um, David is lost in it mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie. He's that's all he wants. Uh, so when you could, you could almost also say because his his need to have some kind of order is reflected in the guy. Who, what's the guy's name who runs the, the ice cream shop? What's uh, he's played by Jeff uh, Bill. Jeff Daniels. Bill. Yeah, he's played by Jeff Daniels. Yeah. The beginning of the movie, he has no idea what he's doing. If if, if Bud isn't there mm-hmm. to show him what to do, he will do nothing. Yeah, he will stand like, there and stare at a wall or wipe the counter constantly forever. Yeah, he's just he's completely direct. I, I thought I thought that was a really good mirror of Bud mm-hmm. because when Bud's looking, at him, he's like, "Dude, come on, you can do other things. You can do other things." But really, he's, it's like he's trying to talk to himself. Yeah, because yeah. he's that's basically what he was doing. He was sitting at home watching TV. Thing it has to be in or the perfect place. Yeah, the perfect order. Yeah, but uh, so, and this leads us to the inciting incident, which is when uh, uh, David and his sister Jennifer Reese Witherspoon yes. uh fight over the remote because uh, siblings. Yeah, David wants to watch a uh, uh Pleasantville <laughs> and win a trivia contest, and Jennifer wants to put on uh MTV. Uh, MTV because she invited a guy over to watch the concert and also bang him, um, which frankly sounds like a much more Let's interesting. Really going to watch the pleasant. concert. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not an idiot. Wow. And they break the remote, and suddenly this old guy appears at the doorstep and gives them a new remote. And when they press it, they're suddenly in Pleasantville. And who, who plays that guy? That old guy, by the way. I actually I've seen him in a couple other things. I was like the. He's the, the old wizard who gives you a special thing and you have to go on your quest. Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Yeah. Uh, I've seen him in a couple of things. Well, he's been in stuff. He was in the Andy Griffith show, Three's Company. Oh, uh, a lot of old TV shows, it looks like. So in that so oh, he was in the fucking Andy Griffith show. Yeah, it was a that was like a massive 90s 60s sitcom mm. that like did like embody a lot of this, actually. Mm. So in that sense, casting Don Nazism is like a fucking genius casting move. Great casting move, yeah. Um so David and Jennifer are transported into, uh, Pleasantville show. Yeah. Where they're now inhabiting the roles of the two kids from the show. Um, Bud and Mary Sue, Bud and Mary Sue. And now they're living with their parents. Uh, William H. Macy and Joan Allen, Mm. uh, are their parents. So now they have to live out the lives of these kids. And, uh, when they start like kind of, and, David is really happy about this because he gets to live in fucking Pleasantville. Yeah. But uh, Jennifer is not so much. And when she begins... The when first she, thing she does is goes and finds the hottest guy at the school Paul and Walker. fucks his brains out. Hell yeah. <laughs> fucking yes. <laughs> That's my shit right there. So, but once they start, like, fucking with the universe like this, literally, and not so much, uh, hmm. they, uh, the universe kind of starts to unravel mm. of the show and, like, Slowly, like, as people start acting in ways uh, that are not the traditional ways of the people in the show, there's a lot of pushback from the more authoritarian figures within the show. And that's where a lot of the conflict of the movie is. And it's a conflict of change, essentially, like, personal and, uh, I guess, societal versus essentially both personal and societal conservatism mm-hmm. uh, the desire to keep things the way they were even if that's yeah. impossible a lot of resistance to change in this movie like very blatant yeah not, oh. not subtle 
Oh, like there's a lot of references to not not even not even just like social conservatism, but like outright fascism. Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying to lead, lead into this a very smooth way. I'm just gonna fucking do it. Yeah. There's a point. When have we ever been there, subtle? On yeah. This show. There's, there's a point in the movie where everyone starts turning colors because like, it's, it's it, when the transport important part is when they're transported into the into the show. Mm-hmm. Everything's in black and white. Yeah. To start. And it actually, when I was younger, it kind of threw me off at this movie to begin with, because I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't want to watch a, a black and white 50s fucking movie, because yeah. that's, that's what it looked like, you know, to yeah. an eight-year-old fucking nine-year-old kid, uh-huh. right? And, uh, but slowly throughout the film, people start, you know, having things happen to them that aren't part of the show, or they're they're random, because life is random, and so uh-huh. they start seeing colors, or they turn different colors, you know, instead of being in black and white, they're now in full color. Yeah. Stuff like that. <clears throat> and... Half the town is upset, half the town is not, but half the town that is upset is having a meeting about it, and the fucking sign <laughs> for this meeting is says that all, air quotes, true citizens contend. Yeah. If yeah. that isn't racism, I don't know what the fuck yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit little bit on the nose. Oh, yeah. It's not only, like, throwing a brick through a glass window. It's, like, beating somebody repeatedly in the <laughs> face with a brick. Taking a golf club and beating a dead horse with it. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. And, uh... I want to come back come back to that because like I I think like parts of that are the clumsier parts of the satire mm. of the movie, um. But we'll get to that. I think uh before we before we talk about like the themes of the movie, I I think the most eye catching thing of the movie besides besides any of the performances were no we should have done actually we should have done recommendations before spoilers. It's a it's a twenty two year old movie. We don't need to worry about that. Fuck him. <laughs> it's a 22 year old movie yeah. <laughs> fuck you he has a point if you yeah. ever see this movie whatever yeah like, like go watch this movie yeah whatever like just fucking watch the, like we I don't think we've even spoiled anything yet we, really. did, we just said the basic well premise. I mean it's the color thing but like yeah whatever that'll be like the first thing you see when you look up a trailer anyway um but speaking of the color thing that looks fucking incredible so like oh yes this is one of the first movies to do this where they filmed it all in color yes because what else would you do in the 90s? But they actually, I forget what they did exactly, but they like desaturated all the frames like selectively. Mm-hmm. So like some frames are like completely black and white except for like a character's lipstick or something yeah. like the same premise. That must mean that this was shot like actually on film then instead of digitally. Uh, I think it is shot because on film. Because th- yes. then they'd have to have artists or editors or whatever come in and color in certain parts of the. I, I don't think the they. I, I don't think, they, I don't think they colored in. I think they actually selectively desaturized it hmm. or saturated it. I guess except for certain parts. Yeah, except for certain parts because they did shoot it all on filler on filler on film, on film and like it, I don't think they like actually like colored in. That's probably what they would have done in like the fifties. Although this was, this would have been probably a bit too ambitious for earlier. Mm. Um. So I they I maybe it was digital. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know the timeline for this. So if this makes me sound like a fucking moron, then. Fuck what him. else is new? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do a podcast. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, God damn it. But it looks fucking phenomenal. It does look good. Yeah. And uh, it took a... L- I'm sure it took a lot of work, especially because as we know, like the, oh, working, yeah. the working conditions for this 
were not good. <laughs> no, like I give major props to the people who edited this movie and like did the the final cuts and all that kind of stuff because like holy yeah, it looks good. In fact, it, the working conditions for the visual effects artists were so not good <laughs> that cameraman Brent Hirschman ended right. up dying. Right, because he worked a nineteen hour day. And fell asleep when he drove home and got into an accident. At least they like. So they, the movie was actually dedicated to yeah, him. Yeah, they dedicated it to him. Yeah. So that's nice. Like if I was that family and I wasn't, it wasn't dedicated. I would. I would be suing. I'm sure they <laughs> would would prefer it to it have not been dedicated to him, but also he not be forced to work 19 hour days and die. That's true. <laughs> you know, I would also prefer you know to come home and have play a game of Jenga. You know, yeah. like, speaking of the production of this film, I want to come home and die a natural death of death of having a heart attack while playing Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling a piece, knocking it over, Imme Fuck! immediately vomit blood everywhere. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah. So talking about this, like the, the production of this, uh, the cinematography and some of the shots of this movie, and like the like, you, you oh, yeah. the framing of some of these shots, yeah. Especially like like with certain people, like when when uh, the mayor is addressing the town, mm. uh, and I had to be specific that addressing the non-colored of the town, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it sounds um, really bad. Um, um, don't take that out of context. Do not take that out of I, I mean, know you fucking people. I don't mean, take it out of context. I mean, people who literally <laughs> are not colored in with like red, blue, and green. What's, yeah. what's, is, that, is that the color spectrum of the eye? Red, blue, green? Or is it. I don't fucking know, dude. What's the what's the, the cones and whatever? I think it's the like eyes? red, blue, yellow. I'm pretty sure that's the primary colors. I don't know, dude. I, you get what we're trying I to say. I didn't pay though. attention in elementary school art class. And that's my mistake because I really wish I could draw. Same. <laughs> like, actually, no. I'd gladly replace that with cur like cursive. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck cursive. Oh, God. what I've, I haven't written cursive since grade two. Exactly. Yeah. All you really need to know is how to sign your name. Yeah, exactly. And then you're fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like some of the shots, so when the mayor's dressed in the town, the the camera is, it, it looks like a fascist regime propagandist oh, thing. Oh, I think that's it's exactly like, what they're it's, going for. It's like tilted at like a 20 degree angle. <laughs> Estimate. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a Dutch it, angle. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very unflattering angle. Yeah. For the man who's clearly supposed to be the leader of the town. Yeah, and, and like behind them there's that like, the, like the, the that conjoined like hands logo of the conjoined hands. And like yeah, it's very the like handshake. it's like uh Triumph of the Will on a very small scale. <laughs> Do you know what Triumph of the Will is? No. Triumph of the Will was a Nazi propaganda movie. Yeah. Made by Le Lenny Riefenstahl, mm. who was like kind of like a big propaganda director mm. for the Nazis and who after would like go on to say that, Oh, you know, it's, it's not, uh, you could, uh, you could, you like, yeah, I wasn't trying to make a political statement. I was just trying to make, <laughs> a, make a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And like people Hide try, behind your art kind of stuff. People try to like make that defense of her that like, Oh, you know, you know, like maybe she did it for the Nazis, but it looks really pretty. Yeah. And beauty's like, in the eye like, of a beholder. I'm like, maybe she wasn't a Nazi herself. You don't know. And it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, there is actually like a big moral issue about like praising Lenny Riefenstahl and also <laughs> using Lenny Riefenstahl's like techniques because like they yeah. were made to make the Nazis look cool. Well, even like, and it, it's, it's the black and white even adds more to this kind of yeah, feeling yeah, too exactly. because like those films, those propaganda films were in Triumph black and the white. Was black, black and white. And, white. Yeah. and so when you see this on the screen in Pleasantville, you're like, holy fuck, this is a fucking propaganda film. Yeah. We're gonna die. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then like, 
later they're literally burning books and throwing like, yes windows. burning books throwing stuff through windows of painted lamp of ladies. undesirable businesses <laughs> so yeah yeah because some guy some artist decided to paint a naked lady on yeah his, on also his also con- condemnation of degenerate art it's it's not subtle, folks. It's ve- it's very on the nose. Very on the nose. I, I I don't think the movie has that much to say about like capitalism necessarily. Like I think that's where I'd I'd say it's more. Yeah, sorry. I think capitalism is the right word. I think it's more male superiority. It's that's definitely an aspect of it. Like it's definitely like it's because yeah. the, the wife stays home ca- and cooks. Kind of the the old boys club who like forms the antagonistic force in the movie. Like yeah, obviously the, it's very patriarchal. They're the the board members. Yeah. Of, uh, of this this regime. Yeah. yeah, we'll call it that. Um, it's, just, it's a good word, but like terrible to use. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, so let's. I keep forgetting his name. He plays the father. William H. Macy. William H. Macy. I keep th- I keep I, I keep seeing him as Frank from Shameless. And that I is can't him. I, I know it is. <laughs> no, I know it is. I can't unsee him as that person. And so I'm seeing him act all like goody two shoes and like homely and fatherly in Pleasantville. I'm just waiting for this fucking <laughs> this, for Frank just you know down a bottle like a two six yeah or a 40 or whatever it is and just like go do some coke somewhere like i'm just waiting for it but it never happens yeah i mean and like well okay it's never to that extent but there is like a dark side to him right and there's a dark side to like all the supposedly like wholesome aspects of the yeah because like it's suggested within the movie by like by toby mcguire during the trial scene Mm -hmm. that like this stuff was like always within people like it's not the like the wholesome facade was never something that was actually oh true. no well like you you could you could say that this is that the whole town is a dictatorship and then the mayor oh, yeah. is a dictator oh because yeah he, he wants to control everybody and doesn't want anyone to change and has to follow his rules even when they're having the trial toby's getting mad at him he's like you don't have the rights like or it's like do you have something to say no okay like, oh yeah like, leads like him. and that like kind of going back into the fascism thing mm. which i'm sure is a lot of fun for everybody We're gonna be doing a lot of that. um so fascism has been theorized by some as being kind of the culmination of like um a backlash against social change mm. because I mean there's a lot more to it but that's like a lot of what boils down to so it's like a manifestation of like the anxiety of people who've always been in power yes so like in the context of Pleasantville uh these uh the people with the power are these old white men mm-hmm. right and once they have this uh not necessarily the power threatened but like their society or way of life start changing because of you know art like what whatever you whatever you art like yeah. uh women's liberation mm. uh sexual liberation whatever you want to call it uh once that happens like they start feeling threatened and they start a backlash starts, so which is where you get like this very reactionary attitude yeah, against yeah. women, against sex, well, against it's it's the, lo- against art, against the quote unquote coloreds. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot of they're starting to really feel the loss of control they have. Yeah, they, or they I guess don't have. Yeah, uh, because it's been like, well, assuming it's a show, they've been that way for years. Yeah, literal years. Yeah, same age, same everything, and so everything's running a certain way. Like I said, order is a huge part of this film. Mm-hmm. And when that order is disrupted, they're losing control, and so they backlash out, like mm-hmm. you, like you said, yeah, um, in very very violent ways. I forget where this expression comes, but like fascism is when the uh, velvet glove of power is like that's retired in favor of the iron fist. 
Like, it's the same, it's the exact same society that happened before the overtly fascist parts come out. Mm. It's just now, because of this social progress, the backlash becomes even harsher. Mm -hmm. And that is also what we're seeing a lot nowadays. You know, people start seeing that, uh, all this, like, relatively new. And, like, I, I mean this in, like, our specific North American settler context <laughs> that uh there's uh shit like new waves of feminism mm. ways of uh critiques of capitalism mm-hmm. critiques if not outright rejection of capitalism uh, also a rejection of socialism but that's that's time. what that's where the backlash comes mm. though that's uh that's why fascists hate socialism so much yeah um like uh, new gender and sexual identities. Mm-hmm. So that's why when those come up, inevitably there's a backlash yep. of people who see that and feel threatened yeah. or uh, because they feel like like their own position within the social hierarchy it's is changing. being challenged. Yeah. And so they're, they, they will backlash or have people who wouldn't otherwise be threatened start backlashing. Yeah. There's, uh, there's through, a, through their own influence because they still have the power. Oh yeah, it's just they. Well, they just don't like so change. they can rally people to their will. Yeah, it's like they're they're, they're people are very resi- resistant to change. Yeah, that's just something that is known. Yeah, people don't like when like if, if you humans are creatures of habit. Yeah, if something changes in that habit, it's gonna piss them off. Yeah, yeah, like it's but, just it's just nature. But that's where the contradiction comes in because mm-hmm. like we don't like change and like i don't like change change. that's one of the that and finances are the reasons that i haven't moved out (laughs) like it's like i I, I like it here (laughs) fuck it oh yeah well if if i wanted to like if i really wanted to i could have moved out a year ago yeah yeah. and but i will a i'd probably be back home anyway yeah Uh, and b i just you say you don't want to change yeah you're, you're, you're setting your ways and you like how things are the way they are and you don't want to change that yeah but well, two things. One, and this isn't really touched in the movie, but but I, I'll throw it out there. Is like you don't know like if your life is that comfortable because it's at the expense of somebody else, uh-huh. which is a, a lot of the anxiety that drives this backlash. Like if you were to say somebody who like lives like us uh, and is very comfortable, like you know, and somebody were to say like you know you're only living that comfortably because like this land was taken from somebody and uh, oh, I, oh that's red that's that's actually really good really evident in yeah. in the. Uh, William H. Macy's character. Yeah. He is such a good example. When he comes home and this is something I want to talk about when he asks, where's my dinner? Uh-huh. Instead of where's my wife? Yeah, yeah. I thought that, well, A, it shows that he... It's exploitative. It's exploitative of the wife. Yeah. And so he doesn't, he doesn't really realize that. And he's not yeah. supposed to, right? No. He, he's a 50s character. He's yeah. not supposed to realize that he's hurting his wife's feelings by yeah, having yeah. a cooker feeling. Yeah. Um, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, him being that, you know, just clueless and like where is she where did she go why why am why don't i have food on my table it starts to point out like and once you start pointing out like you know maybe she wasn't actually that happy yeah like you start he start they will start getting defensive and that'll exactly the reaction yeah he he didn't know that he was a burden on her yeah and and so when he comes home and she's not there he's like well why is she gone yeah why why don't i have why is it why is things changing why are people so mad why yeah why 
And like us watching the movie, and we were talking about this as we were watching it, is we see that from an outside perspective and think, oh, he's an asshole. Yeah. Oh, he's using his wife because he just wants food. And mm-hmm. the next couple scenes are kind of like that. And they portrayed these men as those typical, you know, male superior superiority complex men who yeah. uh, come home, get in the kitchen, make me a sandwich, all that kind of shit. Uh-huh. Right? But they're not like that. Yeah. yeah. They're literally just confused as to like... Because this is how it's been their entire lives. Uh-huh. And they don't know how to adapt. And that's what makes the backlash so and that's like, harsh. Yeah. Because, like, they don't know how to process this information. Well, exactly. It's, it's why... It's, there's so reasons to change that they lose... They have to lose almost everything to, to see that. Like, mm-hmm. he loses his wife. He almost doesn't eat for three days. He's eating mm-hmm. those freaking olives out of a jar. <laughs> like... It's disgusting. It's so gross. <laughs> oh. Back to the yes. thing about change, though. Like, not only is it that on a... Pl- change on a political level that... It's also change on a personal level, and that's very important because by the end, like, the appeal that Tobey Maguire makes to his father is not, like, a political one. It's of a personal one. Hmm. Uh, At least that was how I read it. Like, it's like, you really think people aren't going to change? Like, they can't can't really go back. (laughs) Like, people are always, like, despite how much we don't like change necessarily people are still always changing like i'm not the same person that i was even five minutes ago neither of you that's everybody there have been infinite hosts of this specific episode of this podcast believe in the multiverse theory which i do yeah (laughs) so many like in another in another universe we're actually talking about a sequel and yeah we're not in another we're not even doing this fucking show in another we don't even know each other (laughs) in another universe this show is so much better in another universe in another in another universe we're both dead (laughs) yeah oh god i crave for that universe (laughs) this one yeah (laughs) the next five minutes are just silence at at some point we always get back to existential crisis yeah every time (laughs) i mean i mean existential crises play a big part in this movie so i feel like it's it's, yeah it's, it's it's like bill johnson the the diner owner like is in the middle of one I forgot this, his this name was Mr. Johnson yeah I, I, I had to look it up I forgot uh, it's Jeff Daniels' character yes he's he's in the middle of going through one because like he doesn't really know like he's kind of the first one at the beginning who comes to terms with his own independence with mm. David's help even though David doesn't really know that he's helping him in this way because like David just keeps like well you can fucking close the shop on your own like you don't need me around so he does that and he's like coming to grips with his newfound independence and he's kind of the first case study we see of this kind of change. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, like, especially, like, when he's starting to learn his painting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's starting to, starting to become very creative and uh, artistically inclined and stuff like that. And it kind of, I guess, the theme I got from that was you can't be creative without change. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of speaks a lot to people, especially, like, kids growing up and, like, people who want to become artists or or singers or whatever, anything to do with creativity. Mm. You have to be willing to change and at, at times let things go. If you want to progress and become a better person. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which I thought was really a nice thing to say in this film. Yeah. Um, Going back to touch on the patriarchy thing and male superiority. Mm. Um, that's uh, another, a kind of important aspect in highlighting kind of the, like under the layers, depravity of this, of this world is like once the once the gloves come off like even the people that are supposed to be tradition uh, championing like the traditional wholesome chaste values mm. or whatever like have very like sexual if like sexualized or objectified if not like straight up predatory attitudes towards women yeah there's a, there's a lot of s- 
slut shaming in this. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, you don't really notice it until the end, uh, because it's well everywhere. Yeah, uh, it's on the throwing the throwing the bricks literally through a painting of a naked woman. Mm. Uh, as much as I hate to see it, Paul Walker when he's yelling at Mary Sue from the window, well, why not just have sex? Yeah, you know, like that kind so of stuff. Fucking read. Uh, Fuck you. When uh, <laughs> the mom is walking around town and there's like like group of like five guys who are like, oh, let's see what's underneath your dress. Yeah. And these are the champions of traditional values. Like, oh yeah, the, the the old the old men ogling that girl in the tight skirt as she walks by. Oh. Yeah, it was so fucking. Cre- That's not even that funny. It's just creepy. Oh god. <laughs> and also, these people are like again the supposed like. Champions of the wholesome traditional values, super open to using mob violence. Oh yeah, and even even if like they won't readily admit it, like they're super okay with it. They went from just oh I wonder what all these colors are to burning books to throwing things through windows to having trials with the lawyers. Yeah, well the mayor is basically judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, in this in this trial, first trial ever. Yeah, because <laughs> because everything's so perfect. Yeah. I just I cannot believe because like I'm I'm starting to be a lawyer myself or, uh-huh. or I want to be one eventually yeah. and so when he says like oh we we want to keep these things pleasant I don't think a lawyer will be necessary I'm like okay well a that's against the constitution <laughs> <laughs> you have literally have a right to an Not attorney the pleasant bill constitution <laughs> there, there you go exactly and so it, it just it drives home this I'm a dictator this is a fascist society yeah listen to what I have to fucking say yeah you yeah. know kind of stuff yeah and the fact to make that reveal like. Not necessarily gradual, but to come in stages, mm. I think was a really good decision because it does show that like this society, it like the the power structure of the society is the same. It's just expressing itself with more force now that there's more challenges to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also know. Sorry, you mentioned the the scare tactics that the the town who who weren't colored had on the people who were in color. Mm. When they're sitting in the the now destroyed shop mm-hmm. of Mr. Johnson's shop, and the guy turns on the jukebox, he's the girl across the room is like, "Shut that shit off! You can't do that anymore!" And she's just like, "You kind of you really see the terror and the fear in her face, like, oh fuck, yeah. they're gonna catch us, catch us, like hiding in an attic of a fucking Nazi whatever yeah. the shit is, you know, trying to Anne Frank this kind of shit, yeah, yeah, you know, but like, it just it really shows that how how terrifying the power and the the fear that these that the I guess the government of this town had over the people mm-hmm. and how much power was needed to break that kind of control. Yeah. Um, it literally required the entire town to yeah. stop. Speaking of that point in the movie, and we should specify, like this is at a point in the movie where uh, the, 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 so the, the conflict is now fully happening and the town council or whatever you want to call it, uh, unveils a new constitution with like a different like decrees such as like you can't paint with colors other than black white and gray mm-hmm. um black white and gray there was uh, all music has to be of a pleasant and so, jovial nature so shit like perry como as opposed to the soundtrack which is stuff like uh miles davis oh yeah. james buddy holly elvis stuff, presley stuff, stuff like that there's all those things like you everyone ha- you have to greet everybody in a pleasant manner yeah and stuff like that and there there's worse one that we both picked out that word was, yeah. was the, the, eighth, the eighth and last rule, which was, and I quote, mm-hmm. all elementary and high school curriculum shall teach the non-changes of view of history, emphasizing continuity over alteration. Yes. That is the epitome of this movie. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that, that is it right that's, there. That's the, those are the antagonists of this movie. And like, like the other stuff we've talked about, this has a real world precedent. Yes, like, it does. Besides like straight up like, like fascist regimes that like just straight up change history yeah, as yeah. they see fit. 
a little more context. We live in Alberta, which is the most reactionary part of Canada, like easily. Yeah. <laughs> in part because like of the <laughs> massive oil wealth that flows. The amount of money it. that comes with this <laughs> province. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a few. <laughs> Cut that out, please. Yeah. No, no, no. It's true. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, like who's gonna, who's gonna who's gonna fucking wow, argue we're that? Getting point? really political this episode. Well, it's Pleasantville. <laughs> uh, so a few, uh, um, earlier in 2019. The province elected uh, Jason Kenny, Jason Kenny, and the United Conservative Party to power, like with a majority, mm-hmm. replacing the previous government of Rachel Notley, which is kind of social democratic, NDP. like center left. Yeah, the New Democratic Party. So Alberta has always been cut very right wing, and, and as again, like it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so once uh, the NDP came to power, that was like a fucking shock to the system, and like. It provoked a lot of vitriol from the right. Well, what was it? It was like the PC had been in power for like. Oh no, that's federal. Sorry. Well, no, no, it was provincial. Like the prevent forty years. If the progressive like conservatives have been in power since I think the sixties yeah. until twenty fifteen. Yeah, like a long time. Yeah, and like the only party in that time to like really challenge them was like to a lesser extent the provincial liberals, which were liberals. never really a threat and are basically non-existent at this point. Did, and you, the, did you see the voting map? Oh, when I was here, there was like two red spots. I think they got like 1.5%. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was rough. Uh, and then the Wild Rose Party, which was hard right. Like, real libertarian, like, lake of fire type people. Yeah, scorched earth shit. <laughs> yeah, and right. so, but when, whereas the progressive conservatives were more like neoliberal, like, uh, fiscally conservative, socially liberal. Yeah. That's kind of the... The Alberta Party is even more like that. The Alberta Party is a continuation of that, but they wouldn't emerge until later. Well, not as a real force. Not a real force. Well, a real party. Uh, But after the NDP come to power, like the PCs and the Wild Rose, like, realize, you know what? No. (laughs) So they merge into the United Conservative Party, and, like, it's like a foregone conclusion that they win the election, and immediately, like... And they start, like, reversing a lot of the social progress that the NDP made in terms of, like, uh, especially education. Like, with the curriculum, uh, a lot of... There was a there was a thing that was passed around on the internet where like a social studies teacher, teacher like, presented both sides of, like, the pipeline argument. Mm. Or the, and, like... P- UCP supporters and politicians freaked the fuck out. Like, I don't know if you heard about this. I did not hear about this. But song. I think, like, they uh, said, like, stated, like, a fact about environmental damage caused by the oil sands. Okay. And they, like, started pointing out, like, this is N- this is NDP propaganda. This is radical environmentalism. And, like, it's... What was the exact quote again? This thing? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, um, uh, well, you looked at Apple. Keep going. I got it. But so immediately when the when the UCP get into power, they commission a new curriculum that yeah. co- that is supposed to correct all these suppo- the supposed propaganda in favor of their own exactly. propaganda. Yeah. Curriculum shall teach the non-changes view of history, emphasizing co- continuity over alteration. Yeah, and it, like Alberta has a very non-change or attempts to portray a very non-changist view of history mm-hmm. where like oil is our way of life oil has always been our life will oil will be. always be our yeah. way of life which is obviously impossible obviously it's, impossible. A finite, it's a finite resource yeah. yeah i guess the only thing last last time it was just and i already talked about the cinematography like there's just a couple scenes where like i said the the framing of the the mayor and that the holding hands picture when he's mm. very fascist there's a, a very racist shot where the they're having the trial 
and literally anybody who is in color is on the back on the show yeah. on the Raptors. And I thought I'm like, okay, that's a little bit on the nose too. Yeah. And then there's a couple things like that. I, I think um this is where like the uh satire of the movie like is like the most clumsy, mm. I think. Because like you have all this like clearly racist imagery that's supposed to harken back to the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. But the cast is literally entirely white people. So, like, it feels very weird to refer to white people, to uh, towards other white people as quote-unquote colored. And I kind of get it because, like, obviously fi- a 50s show is not going to have any fucking black people in it because... Yeah. Well, it's a 50s show. It's a 50s show. And 50s society... Well, I don't need... You don't need me to tell Everyone you Everyone knows they were racist. <laughs> Everybody knows this. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. If you don't know this, I'm sorry, you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, then, you're da- then you're David at the beginning of Pleasant View. Or Pleasant <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but... Pleasant View, Jesus. That's a, neighborhood. That's a neighborhood in Edmonton. It is. Like, I was like, like, I've heard that before. Yeah. Where, where have I heard that? Um, have you been there? I haven't been there. I, I've probably been there a few times. Like, it, I think it's, it's like close to Greenfield. I don't know what that is. It's like uh, north of Century Park, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, okay. To northwest of that, I don't know, somewhere around there. Um, I'm learning about ge- Edmonton's geography. That's why <laughs> you're here, okay. folks. Like half of our episodes are just like us teaching things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I kind of get what they were going for with like the quote unquote race thing, but it comes across as very. I don't know. It doesn't come across quite right, I don't think. Yeah. Just be- because. I don't know something. I can't really articulate it, but something feels very off about it. Uh, I I have actually a question. Like if so, say like because we like I said, we all know that the fifties were a time of very high. Like everyone's racist. There was not. There's no black people in movies or teams or shows. Or if, they, if there are black people in movies, it's usually and, in like or, a servant role. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. very very white supremacist. Oh yeah, absolutely. Much, right. Yeah. And I'd be really curious to see like if if it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. And and black actors were allowed to be in this movie because at the time they were allowed to be in films like then. Yeah. Like if 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 back in the fifties, it was the same equality as it is now. Yeah. Well, I mean, now it's still pretty fucking racist. Well, okay, like, yeah, yeah, it's but, it's racist in a more but, inclusive but way, you, I guess. <laughs> inclusive racism. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see what I mean, right? Like, yeah, yeah. If, I get what if, you mean. if like, imagine trying to watch this movie and like there's a difference because everyone's white mm-hmm. and there's there's the the gray there's the not in color and the in color yeah white people yeah yeah if there was a black guy in there somewhere i feel I'm, re- like, I'm really curious how that dynamic would work i feel like you could probably make something interesting with that same i think like, you could do something really cool with that you could do something really fucking not, bad not, too. Not, not to sound like a fucking bigot or anything but, yeah, like, but like uh like i think i think like if you were to more like clearly introduce the racial dynamic mm-hmm. besides just white people calling each other racist things yeah like i i think there could be something interesting that comes from that mm-hmm. Uh, this movie didn't go that route, which is kind of disappointing, but yeah, uh, it is what it is, I guess. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on is like the whole slut shaming aspect mm. and I, I don't like, and it relates back to Reese Witherspoon's character. Yes. And she's status obsessed and uses like sex as a way to kind of assert her stat or her position <laughs> in the social hierarchy. I mean, she literally, one of her lines in the movie is, oh, I've had sex 10 times more than any of these girls have. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> And like, oh, no, but, and, that, and, that, and that also could be bad on my part. That could be me. That could be me slut shaming her. Yeah. Like, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. But that's how it's portrayed. Yeah. Right. That's, that's how it's portrayed. And like, it, I think the way her arc is framed is one that like, she learns that she doesn't need to have sex to make yeah. her feel fulfilled. It's only about her. She has to focus on herself and what she actually likes rather than just 
sexual the, encounters. Yeah, yeah, and like status, social status, and sex is a way of attaining social status. Um, I wouldn't say this is as clumsy as the race allegory. Mm. I will say that I could see how it could be taken in a less charitable way, whereas like it's saying like, and how it could be seen as like kind of going against the values of the film of like, well, you say that like sex is like a or like sexual expression expression is like a positive force, mm-hmm. but you're saying that Reese Witherspoon doing it was bad. And I, I don't think that because like, I think the movie makes it relatively clear that it's more like her using sex, viewing sex in the way she did before. Yeah. That was harmful, but I can see how it could be taken in. A not she she way. saw sex as a way to get popularity. Yeah. And, and status. And yeah. you realize that those aren't really important. Yeah. In life. Yeah. Like, like, like some cases, I guess, but like, if you like, job title fucking whatever yeah but yeah the whole point is that like not not even just her character either like every, like a lot of characters arcs in this film go through a like and it's supposed to go through a massive change but you really notice it in at least in my experience in regular movies you only notice it like with like the main character and maybe one or two supporting characters this one uh-huh. you see like every character yeah goes through some kind of change mm-hmm. and, you, and you know they do because they literally change color yeah like uh uh, Bud, for example, he goes through like, oh, everything has to be in order, and now everything's not in order. Life is a mystery. Yeah. And then he also goes from, uh, no, everything has to be the same. You have to do it in this order. Yada yada yada. And then fuck it, let's break the rules and punch some guy in the face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's uh, the wife who doesn't want to be in uh, the mom. Sorry, who doesn't want to be in the relationship anymore. Doesn't yeah. Also wants to get a divorce, and so she changes that because she's in love with somebody else. Yeah. Uh, there's the guy, the the store owner who doesn't want to be a store owner anymore. He wants to become an aspiring painter because that's what he loves. Like, mm-hmm. there's just so many little things like that that you catch throughout the movie that make it just so wholesome. Yeah. And so nice to nice to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's this is this is one of my the, more favorite movies. It was not my favorite movie of all time, yeah. uh, but it's def- one I definitely really, really like. Yeah, it's it's funny how the wholesome aspects of the, I'm the I'm sure this is what the movie was going mm. for, but like the more wholesome aspects of the movie are not the parts that like within the narrative of the movie are supposed to be wholesome. Yeah, it's the parts of like them like progressing and changing as people because like we mentioned like when the, when the the characters are like for deep in a better move, like deep in fifties mode. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of unsettling, and it's, like, it's creepy. Yeah, like it's like it's like they're dead in like their eyes are just dead. Yeah, yeah. like they have no soul. It's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, part of me, part of me kind of wishes they like leaned more into the creepy angle because I I think they're I'm just imagine- there's definitely a, fo- a good movie to be found <laughs> in there. But have like, you seen uh oh what's the movie called uh the world's end yeah with Sean, uh, Simon Pegg yeah right. Can you imagine if Plasma went that direction? <laughs> so, yeah. oh, it's all fun. All of a sudden, everyone's a mutant fucking robot with or like with blue blood. And like, <laughs> I'm not saying this movie is Lynchian because I like no, it's not. <laughs> but like in terms of like theme, like it is similar to specifically like some of David Lynch's stuff, like specifically Twin Peaks mm. and Blue Velvet. Yeah, yeah. Because it's showing off kind of the dark side of small town America. Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet are a little more like, I would say, darker and more grotesque. Yeah. But uh, even like Twin Peaks, though, like even though it takes place in the 80s, it had like a lot of the time it has a very 50s aesthetic. Mm. What with like the diner that Norm owns and like the character of Audrey Horn is like straight out of the 50s. Like she wears one of those sweaters and like. Uh, the Bobby Socks, I think is what they're called. Who is uh... Audrey Horn. She's a character in Twin Peaks. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you'll you'll know what I mean when you I'll see. I know eventually, but um, I'll come back in three, like when our next recording, be like, I know who she is. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, obviously, like beyond that, like the, the these fucking things are night and day. But like, it it was an interesting contrast. I thought such a, such a good like just frame, yeah. of, or like just set to do like you like it happens with this. It happens with Stranger Things. Yeah, it's probably gonna happen with the new Ghostbusters that comes out. Yeah. That 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 idea of small town fuck up shit going on yeah. is incredible. It's specifically when it's like used as a way to like actually say something, because you yeah. get you get the feeling with like a lot of stuff that like um Chris mentioned this like back when we did the it movies where like the new ones where like it felt like it was whereas the uh, the book it like in the fifties like it was in the, set in the fifties for a reason yes because it was trying to center like these uh topics of like racism and sexism whereas moving it up to the 80s yeah. well plus all the fears of the kids in that were all from the 50s like yeah this yeah monster the swamp monster and all the mommy whatever the hell it was yeah right? exactly so when you move it to the 80s like and let's be clear this is because stranger things have came yes. out at around the same time yeah. uh like it kind of it loses a lot in translation and it's just an aesthetic choice so i like it when they do that and like make a statement with the time period as opposed to like just an mm. aesthetic thing. Fun yeah. fact, actually, about uh, it, chapter two, mm-hmm. uh, that scene where he's in the the fridge and he's all contorted and it comes yeah. out. And did, he can actually do that. You're serious. I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Bill Bill Scott. Bill Scott. He can. Oh, I, at least I, that's what I heard. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking serious? I, I know. I can no longer find him attractive. I'm sorry, Bill. Like that's that's just too like, much. That's I'm pretty a, sure. He, I'm pretty sure far. he can do that. I'm yeah. I'm I'm like ninety percent sure, but like. Like, cool. like double check on it for me people. god that's fucking weird because we have fans <laughs> who double check our, our stats right yeah yeah right uh All right. so <laughs> i th- i think we're i think we're wrapping up at this yeah I, I think uh so yeah why don't we go into our final recommendations yeah uh i love this movie mm-hmm. uh it's not my favorite but it it's hard to become my favorite movie really recommend if you have just like sometime on like a sunday or saturday mm-hmm. you have nothing else to do throw it on yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice two hours to just relax. Yeah, I I also recommend Pleasant Phil. I think it's also like weirdly enough for a twenty two year old movie, it's very timely. Like, yes, especially like when you have people who are like insisting that it was better back in the day. Uh, well, it wasn't, but mm. um, it's a it's a great movie. It look it looks fantastic. I'm surprised more movies haven't like done something right? similar. Like, I mean, I'm sure they have, and I just haven't found them. But like. It, well, I mean, I like, the, they're still doing black and white films, like The Lighthouse. And Roma. And Roma. It's yeah. still that kind of stuff, but there's none of that. Well, I guess it'd be kind of hard to pull off without having the same kind of themes. Yeah. Like, just going from black and white to color without having any kind of meaning into it would kind of just seem yeah. cheap. I know there's, like, a black and white version of Parasite that's screaming in some places now. Uh, see, I don't know how that would go. I wonder. I wonder what does that add. I wonder because, like, I feel like more was it take away? Yeah, I because because there's a I lot think, of dark I, things. I think like I I don't I'm not necessarily worrying that like something will get like hidden, but I wonder like what does a black and white version of Parasite add to it? Well, considering like, that most of the movie too is in darkness. Like a yeah, lot like, of it is very dark. Like half the half the movie is in the house at nighttime. Yeah, yeah. Like, or in the the basement area. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not. I would have to see it to like yeah. know. To be fair, but like I, I'm. I don't. I. I. Don't, I mean, and like honestly, the more exposure that movie gets, the better. But like, I'm. I'm kind of puzzled. Oh my over god! Like what? Um, yeah. Disney's new. 
Don't you fucking Merchandising say. idea. Oh, God. <laughs> black and white remakes. <laughs> oh, God. That is so fucking cursed. And then, black and white live action remakes. Oh, that is so cursed. <laughs> yeah, you just slap like I a hope black- they never hear this. <laughs> slap like a black and white gradient over the 2019 Lion King and like, smack. See how much nausea you're going to into the theater. <laughs> <laughs> just put, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just imagining like the Lion King. Like, the, the, the original... Oh, yeah. The remake in live action. Yeah. The original in black and white. And then the remake live action in black and white. <laughs> Four fucking of the same movie. But Because why not? I mean, because fuck the- it. It would make money. It's Disney. Yeah. It's Lion King. Like, it, if they if they thought they could make a shitload of money on it, they would fucking do it. I <laughs> Just wait till Apple buys Sony and then they get the Marvel fucking Spider-Man rights. <laughs> Bold of you to assume that Disney won't just buy Sony. <laughs> They're not going to buy Sony because they can get it for free. Yeah. Also, but- like, I think at that point, like... That it would become like, I mean, it already is, but like officially a monopoly. You, you, well, you know that like if if Apple buys Sony, that means that the rights to Spider-Man, the movie making rights, automatically go back to Marvel. Is that so? Who is owned by Disney? Yeah. Well, I knew that. <laughs> okay, I think we've rambled for enough. I don't know how much of that is staying in, but I mean, we'll, I'll I'll check it. But like, <laughs> we'll, we should send the entire unedited copy to Chris and yeah. be like, listen <laughs> to this ridiculousness. This is what's going up. We say what's this happened up? so much since you've left. <laughs> so we're not growing at all. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we we learned nothing from Pleasantville. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. But I think that's. Uh, that's it for our show today, everybody. Yeah, Stefan, do you want to do the social media? Fuck, I hate doing this. <laughs> I, don't, I know. I, 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 ha- I really should. I should figure out what our social media is. <laughs> so, um, I know we're on fucking what Twitter as at, at Decay Sequel. We're also on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, you can also follow our individual accounts, which would be in the Sequel Decay bio. Uh, <laughs> the podcast itself can be found on uh, Anchor, Google Play iTunes and Spotify. Hold on, time out. Yeah. Chris just sent their fucking group chat. <laughs> so Chris, so hold on. So Chris just sent me a fucking message. Yeah. There's a picture of March from The Simpsons holding the rock from Parasite. Yeah. And saying, "I think they're. I just think they're metaphorical. I just think. Wait. I just think they're metaphorical. I just think they're metaphorical." <laughs> <laughs> Doing fucking I wonder how Sims. I wonder how many. I, I've been told my Marge Simpson impression isn't bad. It wasn't bad. No. I, I wonder how it's gonna sound on the podcast <laughs> because it's. You heard fucking errands from or no no Oni Oni from Oni Games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah <I> <laughs> Homie. <laughs> like I've been told I do an okay Marge, but like I I don't know. I wonder I how lo- it's gonna turn out. I love how the end of that of this episode is gonna be us making Marge noises. <laughs> You're welcome, America. I think weirdly enough, like Marge is the most grating Simpsons voice, and oh, I yeah. think I for whatever reason hers is the voice I can replicate. Because Homer is like this, and well, I guess Homer's pretty easy. <laughs> Marge, Marge. Uh, I guess Homer's pretty easy, but like Bart and Lisa are fucking impossible. Bart is voiced by a woman. Yeah, I know. But I didn't know that for the longest time, and I was like, "Holy shit, really?" That's I, I think cool. that's part of the reason why it's so fucking hard for me. It's like, "You go, man." No, you, you go, can't, man. You can't, you can't yeah, have you, it sound good. And it, 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 you know why? It's because it has that slight, like, upturn. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, or inflection. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Which. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, hi, Chris. Guess what we're doing right now? Guess what me and Stefan are doing right now? No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Say hi to the people. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hi. <laughs> I thought you guys were done recording and it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> fucking records at 8.30. <laughs> <laughs> No, Chris. No, Chris. Okay, you call, you sent that photo of Marge, and we've been talking about it for ten minutes. <laughs> Dude, my Marge. My I'm, po oh. I'm posting the episode with my Marge impression. Yes. It's gonna be great. This, this is part of it. You are. This is part. This phone call is included. <laughs> oh, I, I cannot. I cannot believe I'm calling into this show like it's the radio. <laughs> yeah, I guess we have a, a caller on line one. Um. Hey, Brandon, first time, long time. Uh, <laughs> Listen to your show for a while, man. Love you. Uh, <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me call you back in a couple minutes. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. So, Chris was on the show this time. <laughs> that fucker couldn't stay away. God. <laughs> Damn, you know what? I think that is a perfect way to end the episode. Yeah, I, is, I, I don't. I don't think we're topping. I don't that. think we're topping that. So I th I'm, I'm pretty sure you I did a social did media. Did the sign off. Uh, we're a sequel to K. I'm Stefan Salehio. I never actually said my name at the beginning. I haven't remembered to say my name in any of the episodes <laughs> really? of the season. I don't think. I don't think I have very much either. I, yeah, we definitely forgot with Parasite. Um, we definitely forgot with Parasite. Yeah. Oh well, listen to random idiots talk about a, 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 a movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's like a, that thing that I do with like a podcast where if like I know the co-host name, but like I can't put a, mm. a name, I just guess who it is. <laughs> and here like, we have Ronaldo. Who sounds like a Felix? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough. We've now okay. <laughs> hit <We're>, our limit. <laughs> we're 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 just stupid now. Like, it, it, all right. Well, thank you everybody for uh, for listening. Uh, join us next time. I don't know what the fuck we're doing next time. Yeah, we're doing an actual sequel. We're doing an actual sequel. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for more thrilling content. Yeah. <laughs> from the sequel show who doesn't more heart pounding sequels. excitement. From the sequel show who doesn't redo sequels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Alright, everybody. Alright. Thanks, everyone. I'm uh, gonna go apologize to my mom for all the screaming and marge noises. <laughs>